sit and join the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, Sunday and welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to help you kill your Sunday early evening with some booze and conversation. This week, tonight, we are traveling. In fact, we're starting a new series here on the program that we're calling Drinking Around the World. Our guest this evening is a tour guide's tour guide, and a drinker's drinker, Miss Molly McGinnis. Molly, welcome to Drink in the Style. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm very excited. Um, now, we are going to be talking about uh, travel and hotels and hotel aesthetics and cocktails favored by the uh, locals in different areas uh, and in various destinations. So uh, we'll, we're going to launch this as kind of a, uh, a series that's going to pop up from time to time over the next year. We're going to be going from country to country. There aren't a lot of places you haven't been to, correct, Molly? Uh, that is correct. I've, I've been to many places. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and uh, we're going to try to break this down, actually, kind of interestingly. Um, we are going to add a little rhyme and a little reason to the plan. And uh, specifically, we're going to envision invading Europe. And how would we as Americans invade Europe? We would attack through the United Kingdom. We would hit Ireland first. And uh, Ireland is where we're going to start, both in terms of travel aesthetics as well as uh, as cocktails. And for those uh, who aren't uh, watching us on Facebook live stream, I should say that Molly is uh, basically a leprechaun. <laughs> Uh, red hair, green eyes, uh, perfect for the Emerald Isle. Uh, it's probably you don't even need a passport when you show up in Ireland, right? Well, sadly, I do need a passport, but most people think that I am from there, so <laughs> until I open my mouth. <laughs> and occasionally you get people chasing you for your pot of gold and, and, you know, looking at you sideways if there's a rainbow in the air. Absolutely, yeah. They're like, lead us to the gold. <laughs> So it's Ireland that we're starting with, and we're going to do a couple of cocktails tonight. So we're going to start out with a uh, a whiskey-based punch, correct? Yes, that's correct. It's a nice uh, fall flavor for the upcoming holiday. Which is uh, perfect. So uh, start us out, Molly. And obviously, whiskey is, I mean, you know, it's Ireland. It's all whiskey all the time, right? Uh, yes, or Guinness. So that's about it. But yeah, whiskey is, is what they drink. As, as, as the Lord God intended. Yes. Yeah, right. Why did God create alcohol to keep the Irish from ruling the world or something like that? Uh, yeah, and he's done a good job of it. So, yeah. <laughs> They're happy. They're see strange. a lot of leaders coming out of there. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, what is the name of the cocktail that we are having? Uh, so the cocktail is uh, Pumpkin Spiced Punch. A pumpkin Spice. Perfect for the Thanksgiving uh, season, the holiday. What is in the Pumpkin Spiced Punch? Uh, so an Irish whiskey of your choice. I wouldn't uh, use, you know, a really high-level one since you're mixing it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then cider. You mix it with apple cider. Uh, some ginger ale, maple syrup. And pumpkin spices. All right. That sounds fantastic. Why don't you get us started uh, by putting the cocktail together okay. as we uh, gather it. So how much are we going to uh, be adding in terms of, uh, of whiskey? Is this a two ounce, five ounce, six ounce, uh, one ounce? So probably two ounces is a good, is a good amount to, uh, to start with. Fantastic. <laughs> We're already experiencing technical difficulties as the ice cubes uh, don't want to come out of the... Uh... Uh, there we go. There we go. Okay. So two ounces of whiskey. And what whiskey did you choose specifically? Uh, so for this, I'm just using a, your standard Jameson. Okay. Which you can't go wrong with. Jameson is uh, is the standard on that. You were saying as you were mixing this, too, that uh, the um, micro distillery craze is hitting Ireland as well as uh, the United States, correct? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of whiskey, there are a number of distilleries in Ireland that have popped up in the last decade uh, that they're not even able to drink yet because it hasn't aged enough. So, Right, which is the hardest part about uh, distilleries. There are a lot that are popping up, but, you know, it's funny. You can do tequila, you can do gin, you can do, you know, lots of those liquors, but for whiskey... 
and for your spirits that are that are darker, they need to lay down. So you can't really, you need to plan way, way ahead, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, they don't make a lot of money to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's certainly true. So you're starting, you've added uh, about two ounces of Jameson uh, whiskey. Now you are adding probably about uh, an ounce, a little splash of ginger ale, correct? Correct. All right, and you're going with seagrams because it sounds Irishy. <laughs> and now we've got some honey crisp apple cider, which is uh, Minnesota derived. Not a lot of folks realize, but the honey crisp apple was actually developed at the University of Minnesota. You gotta love that, right? right. I've got a honey crisp apple tree in my front yard. That uh, do you really? I do. I do. It's really cool. So you've added probably about two or three ounces of the honey crisp apple cider, and now a dash. Just a dash. Just a dash of maple syrup, pure maple syrup. Only the best. All right. And you've got that put together. Perfect. And then for the apple spices or for the pumpkin spices, you are adding... Uh, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, and ground cloves. Wow. That is a lot, and that is totally fresh. You know what we should garnish this with? What? We should garnish this with an apple. We should. Wouldn't that be a great idea? Do you have one? I don't. <laughs> Neither do I. I know, right? <laughs> but right. I love your idea. But if we have a few of them, we'll pretend that we have an apple there. That's right. All right, and then you're pouring some nutmeg over the top just to give it a little nose. And you are going to uh, mix this rather than shake the cocktail. Correct. Okay. Which makes all the sense in the world. And is this a cocktail that uh, you tried at a pub somewhere in Ireland? Uh, yeah, actually it is. Well, uh, yes, it is a, <laughs> something close to it. They didn't have the maple syrup, though. Really? Uh-uh. Oh, interesting. All right. All right. The cocktail is presented and mixed. It is an amber color. Absolutely beautiful. And it is going to be, I think, the perfect uh, starter at your Thanksgiving Day uh, uh, dinner. I think so. Although I think it would have been better shaken. I forgot about that. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Slight mistake here on drinking the style. It's going to be recommended going forward. Maybe we'll slam this one and shake one up and do a comparison test. <laughs> we could. I, could. I could shake this one. Fair enough. All right. We're going to raise. We're going to have a quick sip and see what we think. It's delicious. That is absolutely dangerously delicious. Mm-hmm. The whiskey is uh, is emulsified nicely into the uh, into the cocktail. Uh, it's brought together. All right, we are going to be uh, taking a break in just a moment. Uh, we will be back, um, and we're going to be talking to Molly McGinnis about uh, traveling through the United Kingdom. We're going to be talking about Ireland in particular. We might jump into a little bit of rugby discussion. <laughs> Always fun to talk about rugby. And we're going to find out what styles and trends are moving across uh, the United Kingdom uh, as well. So hang around with us, and uh, uh, we'll be back just after a couple of quick words from sponsors. with me, let's float down to Peru. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style right here on AM 950. Hey, I've only got a few seconds, so here's the deal. Habitation is the coolest furniture store in town. Not only have we got some of the most exceptional furniture in the cities, but in many cases, Habitation can offer you store credit on your existing furniture. Stop in, talk to one of our designers, and let us help you make your home exceptional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Hello, humans. This is me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Monday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. This week's idealist is Johnny Cash. Yes, that Johnny Cash who became a fierce advocate for prison reform as a result of performing in dozens of prisons. Then, the big interview is with Tonin O'Connor, a Buddhist priest who has been going into Wisconsin prisons to help confined humans believe in compassion for self and for others. Ellie 2.0 Radio, engaging in real on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Native Earth Radio is proud to announce we're adding an extra hour. One hour's too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. Great. More time for me to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national native news with reporters all around the country. Saturdays, 
from 1 to 3 p.m. We are awake. Find us on iTunes and streaming live on Facebook. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, Gregory Rich, host of Drink in the Style, Sundays at 5 p.m. right here on AM 950. Have you heard about Designer Rehab? Designer Rehab is the area's coolest furniture consignment store. Gently used furnishings as well as closeouts and clearance items at really stellar prices. Whether you're shopping or interested in consigning, Designer Rehab is a must-visit in the Twin Cities. Located at 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Designer Rehab. It's only a matter of time. I really like that. I love Paris in the springtime. I love Paris in the fall. As always, I hate breaking into Frank Sinatra. Oh, my God. If he were alive today and I dared to do this, would we suffer? Welcome back to Drink in the Style. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and this evening we are enjoying a Jameson pumpkin spiced punch as we uh, discuss travel and booze and aesthetics with Miss Molly McGinnis, tour guide from Tauk. Tours, Molly, this is a really good drink. Good. I'm glad you like it. And between the break, we actually realized, yes, we should be shaking this cocktail. Uh, and once we did shake it, it's even better. The spices blend in nicely. It gives you a great nose. It gives you a little bit of froth on top as well. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what would actually be awesome? You're going to cringe when I say this, but this just occurred to me. You ready? Yes. Egg white. Ew. I know. I know. I know, everybody out there just cringed and, and what have you, but <laughs> hear me out. I discovered at this bar called El Rincon in, uh, in uh, our, uh, Arizona, mm-hmm. they do their uh, custom margarita, and they add egg white, just a tiny bit of egg white, to emulsify and make their, their, uh, their cocktail creamy, almost creamy. Really? And I wonder if it would work. It might. All right. If I'm not on uh, next week, that means that I got food poisoning and or died from a uh, bad pumpkin spice experiment. That's not going to happen. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> All right. So, Molly, I want to know about aesthetics in Ireland. First, uh, have you done a lot of tours and, and stays at, uh, at the castles and so on? Is that as prevalent as we Americans think it is? Actually, it is. There are a lot of castle hotels. Okay. Yep. And so uh, I've stayed at uh, many different ones, the the top ones in Ireland, to just kind of your average little family castle hotel. (laughs) Family castle hotel. Yeah, there's one we stay at that actually uh, was a family home. Um, Some people from Saudi Arabia bought it as a family home because they'd come up and buy horses because Ireland's Really? Yep. Oh, how funny. And then it was turned into a hotel. That's really cool. What's it called? Uh, Caber Castle. Caber Castle. All right. So it is It is legit. There are actually castles all over the place, and they're common. What is the regular, you know, the, the, the regular experience as you're staying in a castle? I mean, how many rooms do these things usually have? Is it like going to a big bed and breakfast? Is it like going to a hotel? Uh, they vary in size, but most of them have a good amount, you know, probably... 
30 to 50 rooms. Caber Castle itself has, they used the stable block and added another 80 rooms. So there's about 100 rooms there. Do you stay in the stables? Uh, yes, I stay in the stables. That's where the ghost lives. So Really? Yes. yes. Really? Oh, we are going to talk a little. So let's talk then about, are you taking it off in this direction, are you? We're going to go for the haunting right off the top. <laughs> we can save it for later if you want to talk about style. We- <laughs> All right, well, we'll back burner. We'll we'll make that a teaser. Segment three or four, we're going to talk about haunted castles. Okay, love it. So, all right. So, did they? So, when they do these rooms, have they like retrofitted these castles in most cases, or are they uh, are they already rooms that they've just purposed into hotel suites? Uh, so, depending on the castle, combination. Uh, of it. Um, Obviously, castles had a lot of rooms Mm -hmm. because whoever owned the castle had uh, a lot of family and the courtiers and the people who used to follow them around. So, uh, some of them have been kind of redone, but a lot of them, and and obviously then when indoor plumbing and that kind of thing came along, they had to... (laughs) Tremendous advantage. (laughs) had to retrofit that, yeah. (laughs) You really wanted the experience, the authentic experience of being in a castle, though. I'm sure you can hunt down a couple castles that don't have plumbing. (laughs) Yeah, plumbing is always an adventure over there, actually. (laughs) I can only imagine. What about the interiors of these, of of the spaces? Are they generally all kind of the castle interiors you would expect? Most of them are, yeah. They're okay. and they go with the you know the the kind of the fall hunting colors, if you will. So there's okay. greens and reds, maroons, browns. Uh, so very much when you're going to this big and um, impressive castle, uh, they you want to feel like you're in a castle. So mm-hmm. lots of chandeliers and it'll kind of old school. Um, couple of castles have gone a little bit more modern. There's one in Wales that kind of redid a lot, and they went uh, a little bit more modern there. Really? Uh-huh. So they, they've integrated. What's the, what's, do you happen to recall the name of that? Uh? That one is Rithing Castle. Rithing Castle. Rithing. They- R-U-T-H-I-N. It's pronounced Rithing. <laughs> Because you know, uh, it's English, Welsh. But it's, it's Welsh. Oh, the Welsh. It's always the Welsh. Oh, my God. You had to bring up the Welsh. <laughs> always with the Welsh, with the pies and the castles and the greenery and all their Welshiness. I can't, I can't take it anymore. Yeah, but most people don't want a modern uh, <laughs> experience at, a, at an old-time castle. That's more hotels will do, will modernize and do something that's updated, uh, which I guess I guess makes sense. I mean, you know, you want the authentic experience. I remember. Do you remember the Knights Inn uh, motel chain? No. Really? No. Wow. All right. So the Knights Inn was a chain of um, uh, uh, of motor inns uh, in the I think sixties and seventies, okay. and their motif was a little like turret, you know type of thing and oh, they were God. all designed to be uh like castles or and and evoke castles it was during kind of the medieval craze in the 1970s camelot was really popular and oh, things yeah. and they were the worst places imaginable they would have the faux stone inside the room they would have like a red shag carpet and a purple artificial velvet uh uh bedspread on it <laughs> They were just unbelievably horrible. And there are still a few out there. How did I miss that? I don't know, but I'll tell you, if you ever have a chance and you happen to be driving somewhere and you see a sign for a night's end, Mm -hmm. I am reluctant to say stop and get a hotel room there because it hasn't been updated since 1972. And, you know, if you bring a blue light, you'll probably go blind just from all the reflection. (laughs) But it is an experience to actually see. And it was like American corporate efforts to create a castle uh, environment. Really? No, that sounds like a nightmare. It's total This is night as in K-N-I-G-H-T? It is. British night? Okay. It is. The night's in. I'm going to have to seek it out now. Google it and take a look for those rooms. And tell me how close they got to the authentic experience. Of a, of a European castle. I will. That will be my project this winter. I'm going to go find me a night's in to say it. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I really don't. <laughs> so what is your favorite castle of all to stay in uh, in the UK? Uh, I would say um, Ashford Castle in Where Ireland. It's, uh, it's up in County Mayo in okay. Ireland and up in the Connemara area. It's beautiful. Really? Yeah. And it has a larger place, smaller place, moats. What do you love about it? Uh, it's right on a lake. Uh, Connemara is, in my opinion, the 
prettiest part of Ireland. Um, West Cork is is close, but I really like Connemara. Um, and it's it's right on a lake. It's very traditional. There's you know huge chandeliers. I mean, you walk in there and you're like, yeah, I'm in a castle. That's what you experience. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All you need is a sword and and a shield and can start killing things almost immediately. Well, that would be you. You'd come and save me from the tower. The damsel, oh, really? Damsel, yeah. All right. Or at least I'd, you know, bring you a cocktail. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I can I need. save you, but I'll <laughs> make the departure better. Save me from myself. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Um, We are going to uh, uh, go to another quick break. Uh, When we come back, we'll be talking with Molly McGinnis from Talk Tours. um, And we're going to be delving uh, possibly into a little bit of haunted history. All right. Outstanding. You're listening to Drink in the Style right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Stick with us. We'll be right back. I'm often told This is Gregory Rich, host of Drink in the Style, and I want to talk to you about rehab. Not that kind. I'm talking about Designer Rehab in St. Louis Park. Designer Rehab is the best furniture consignment store in the Twin Cities, and we're currently accepting consignment on gently used sofas, chairs, tables, and more. If you're ready for an upgrade, bring your furniture in for consignment. Then, swing over to Habitation Furnishing and Design and let us fill your home with some of the best furnishings you'll find anywhere. Designer Rehab. It's only a matter of time. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. Waking up is easy when you look forward to breakfast. Serve seven days a week at the Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul. Try eggs your way with hash browns, bacon, or sausage. There are four delicious varieties of eggs benedict that should not be missed. And buttermilk pancakes, waffles, or French toast are always fresh off the griddle. How about a Bloody Mary or screwdriver from the bar? The Downtowner Woodfire Grill is located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style right here on AM 950. Hey, I've only got a few seconds, so here's the deal. Habitation is the coolest furniture store in town. Not only have we got some of the most exceptional furniture in the cities, but in many cases, Habitation can offer you store credit on your existing furniture. Stop in, talk to one of our designers, and let us help you make your home exceptional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Tonight will be mostly cloudy with a low around 22. Tomorrow's mostly cloudy with a high near 29. Tuesday, partly sunny with a high near 31. Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high near 33. And Thanksgiving, mostly sunny with a high near 42. The Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is The Great Wall. Specializing in Szechuan and Peking dishes, they offer one of the most extensive Chinese menus in the Twin Cities. Just north of 50th and France in Edina and see the full menu at greatwallrestaurant.us. searched for you I traveled on when hope was gone to keep a rendezvous Welcome back to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design in St. Louis Park. We're speaking with Miss Molly McGinnis from Talk Travel, and uh, before we forget, Molly, 
tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and find out more about your tours. Well, uh, well, my personal email, well, my work email is mcginnis at talc.com. And it's McGinnis of the traditional Irish spelling, M-C-G-I-N-N-I-S. It is M-C-G-I-N-N-I-S. The which is not the traditional Irish spelling. <gasps> it's not. No, it's what would the traditional Irish spelling be? M-C-G-U-E-N-N-E-S-S. Like Guinness beer. Or G-U-I-N-N-E-S-S. Excellent. Well, now that we've thoroughly confused everyone. Yes. Don't do that. Second one. <laughs> M-C-G-I-N-N-I-S. Yes. M-McGinnis at Tauk.com. And our <laughs> website is uh, Tauk.com. Uh, which is spelled T-A-U-C-K. U-C-K. Fabulous tours. That's wonderful. Well, tell us about the tours. Now, you specialize in group tours, obviously, bringing groups through. How does that generally work? What's the general size that uh, that you've got? So, uh, Tauk is a very high-end tour company. <clears throat> and uh, so we'll have we have a, a small groups tour section where it's a maximum of twenty four on a tour, okay. and then our traditional tours will have up to forty people on the tour. They're all the same, so they're all pre planned. We have all the same uh, hotels, castles, restaurants. So every tour, whether you go in May or whether you go in September, should be exactly the same way. Okay. And uh, this is, so you guys go in and everything is completely set. The agenda, you know where you're going for lunch, you know where you're going for all that other stuff, or is there time to go off and kind of do your own thing, or is it a choice? There is time to go off and do your own thing, and I actually encourage guests, and I say, listen, you don't have to do everything on the tour if you don't want to, especially in Ireland. A lot of people are there to find their family roots. They want to go to the town where their grandparents came from, mm-hmm. and I encourage them to do that in their free time. And give them some tips and some advice as they're they're on their way. Absolutely. What should people know when they're traveling specifically? What are some of the top things to be aware of when you're in the UK traveling? Uh, what are some of the top things to be aware of? Uh, you know, it's, it's a relatively safe area, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, people are very friendly. A lot of people, I think, are attracted to Ireland and the UK because they speak English. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, just the best thing is pack light. <laughs> Good advice. Good advice. And be prepared for any weather. Especially rain. Yes. In Ireland and England, there's quite a bit of rain. Well, there was a filmmaker who once said something along the lines of, um, it is really hard to shoot in the rain in Ireland because it's enormously fine and most of the Irish don't even admit that it exists. It's just, it's the environment, it's the air. Air is wet in Ireland and accept it. That's, yeah, actually that's correct. Right? Yeah, but there's a reason it's so green. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. We're actually going to uh, to London over spring break. My daughter is going to be taking a look at a couple of schools uh, in, in the UK, which I'm really excited about. Although, it's not apples to apples between the two. Um, a four-year bachelor's program doesn't have an immediate equivalent in the United Kingdom, so it becomes a little tricky when you start talking about grad school and things like that. Interesting. Nevertheless, we are going to go through there. We also have to correct uh, um, uh, an error uh, from a previous seg- uh, segment. It appears that nights in uh, hotels do still exist, but they no longer feature the purple and red and medieval themes that they did in the 1970s. They've been genericized. That makes me very sad. It would make you sad. It did make you sad until I showed you a picture of what the original <laughs> nights in looked Can't imagine like. trying to sleep in that room, quite frankly. <laughs> it's truly breathtaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so, all right. Styles in Ireland and England. Let's move a little bit over to England uh, on this type of thing. Do you see a lot of difference between the two styles, between those two countries, parts of the kingdom? Not necessarily between the countries, but between the cities and the small towns. So smaller towns are very traditional. Mm -hmm. Uh, They want to be like traditional English or traditional Irish. If you go to Stratford-upon-Avon, a lot of the hotels are in, you know, those half-timbered buildings because they want to keep that sense of of history Mm -hmm. Uh, but when you go to the bigger cities like dublin and london then you're going to have much more modern hotels okay much more modern uh, styles so like in furniture Mm -hmm. stores i can in london there's really new hip uh Furniture, so it's like kind of retro throwback to the 60s and 50s, uh, kind of the mid century, yeah, UK 
experience. Exactly. But when you go to smaller towns, it's going to be much more traditional, comfortable, you know. As opposed to, and not to jump ahead of ourselves, but like Italian uh, uh, style tends to be a little more modern and, and contemporary in what they're doing. England remains very traditional as a, as a, an interior design schema. Yeah, I, I think so. The, like I said, the smaller towns, but okay, not like London. No. Oh, that's awesome. All right. We uh, we tease a little bit on the haunted nonsense, so let's talk about that. We have a mutual friend, Nicole Walton from uh, Michigan Public Radio. She's a host on the program. Totally awesome person. Shout out to Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hey, Nicole. She <laughs> and she's, is. She's awesome. And, and she's totally into the paranormal thing, which yeah. some may or may not know, and she may be pissed off that we told people about this. I <laughs> No, she wouldn't care. Is she? Is she She's open? super into the paranormal. Yeah. All right. Now, has she come? Has she, have you guys gone to to the UK? Do I recall? Actually, we met on an Ireland tour. So they hosted um, the radio station that she works for. Mm-hmm. Hosted um, a trip as a fundraiser for the radio station, and she was kind of the the lead on it. Yeah. Really? So, that's yeah, how you met that's her? That's how we met. Oh, that's really awesome. I okay. Know. All right. So, but that wasn't specific for hauntings. Because she's all about the hauntings. Yes. Tell me everything I need to know first about hauntings. What is, if I want to go try to find a ghost, Mm -hmm. what's my best chance? Uh, Well, there's a lot of ghosts, especially the castles. I mean, no self-respecting castle doesn't have a ghost. They have to have a ghost. (laughs) Sometimes they need to rent the ghost or, you know, import a ghost from somewhere else. Yeah, Yeah, a couple of them have brought the ghost hunters in. To, really? Yeah, to, to and they they've found more paranormal activity than was previously known. So interesting. So, have you seen uh, any haunted castles? Have you seen spirits? I have one time. It wasn't a castle though. It was a pub. <laughs> so <laughs> it was three a.m. I had, had forty three drinks, drink. uh, <laughs> but it was it was connected to uh, the old wall of a of a castle. Okay. Um, so, and I was walking down the hall because this is back in the 90s and the bathroom was down the hall. Okay. And I was walking down the hall late at night and I saw the ghost. What is it? What is it, is it standing there? Was it in armor? Was it? Uh, it was, it, it was hard to tell, but yeah, there was, it was armor and, and he kind of walked uh, across the hallway kind of thing, like from one wall to the other. So it was very brief, but uh, yeah, I saw him. But it was there. And it was Wales. Again, Wales. The Always the I Welsh know. Welsh ghosts. Oh, my God. We can't even get started at the wailing and the Welshing. <laughs> no, but the, I have never seen the ghost at Caber Castle, but a number of my drivers swear that she has uh, visited them. Really? Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, this is the Irish castle you were talking about, which is one of the best ones to, to hop in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's 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 really cool. I mean, is there, uh, from a ghost perspective, I mean, honestly, how likely do you think it is that there are spirits wandering through there versus shadows or just creative imagination? There's a lot of stories that people tell, and uh, it. I think there is something there. I really do. Mm-hmm. Even though I haven't experienced it. Maybe it's because I'm like, yeah, come on, ghost, I'll bring it on. And then they don't want to visit me because they're not going to scare me. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, it's it's ghosts. Who knows what mysterious things they have in mind? Yeah, but my drivers, a number of my drivers in Ireland swear that they've seen Sarah as the ghost at Cabra. Sarah? Yeah. And she's like a, a lady of the castle at one point? or Oh, no, she was actually, uh, so way back in the 1700s, early 1700s, I think, um, there was a real Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. She was a, a chambermaid, and and she, she fell in love with the son of the of the Ugh. you know landowner, the castle guy. Already, things are going badly for this yeah. poor woman. So they pl- betrothed, you know, pledged their love, married in secret, but of course they could never be together. So <clears throat> uh, when she got knocked up, the family dragged her out in the woods and hung her over a bridge. So <gasps> she's the ghost. Seriously, there's always depressing stories around the ghosts. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, so. yeah, I know, I know. Nobody, nobody lived a happy life and winds up as a ghost. No, exactly. Why does it double down? It seems so utterly, universally, existentially unjust. You have a, a terrible life, terrible things happen to you, and then you get stuck being a ghost. Exactly. Yeah, God has always been hard on the poor and the unfortunate. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. That's nice way to say it. 
Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, what else uh, uh, from a castle perspective before we move into some other – in fact, actually, let's move off the castles. We've gone off the castles. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some other hotels and places to stay in the U.K. Um, what tips might you have? What uh, uh, Irish hotel advice might you have or English hotel advice? Uh, what advice do I have? Um, location. Is obviously you want to be kind of town center, but you have to keep in mind that, especially in Ireland, uh, the Irish really like to drink late into the night. And what time so, do bars close in Ireland? Do bars close in Ireland? Uh, well, so in both England and Ireland, if you're in a hotel, the hotel bar has to stay open until all the guests are done. So, really, you could drink all night at your hotel bar. Really? Yeah. But Over pubs the nasty glares of the bartenders. Yeah. Yeah, but pubs close. They can kind of close whenever they want, sometime between midnight and two, and then there's dance clubs that stay open later. Oh, okay. All right. It used to be that they had to close at midnight, but no longer. Uh, midnight is so early. That's insane. Yeah. Well, you know, they're drinking all day, so. That's a good point. I guess. <laughs> got to go at some point. Because you know what the Irish say, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. That's the aspir- that that's the go-getter type of attitude mm-hmm. that has turned them into a banking hub. That's right. And no <laughs> slouches. <laughs> Closing early is, is one of the weirdest things. When my wife and I moved to Minnesota from New York, bars in New York close at 4 a.m. as a general rule. And when we first moved out here, I think they closed at like 1, uh, and now they close at 2. It might even have been been 12 which was the weirdest thing because we would go out at like 11 11 30 and as soon as we arrived it would be last call yeah but the uh the english are heavy drinkers and the 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 brits i guess the brits and the irish yeah so they stay open as long as they're making money who do you think all right we got to take the irish out they always win the uh the english those welsh and the scots who are you gonna be drinking with the scots oh really oh yeah the devils and kilts, or yeah. devils and skirts. Devils and skirts. Yeah. <laughs> That's what right. they were called in World War II. <laughs> the devils and skirts. All right. We're going to move to another cocktail, and then we're going to do our final segment. Um, once again, what is the uh, toast in Ireland? Slancha. Slancha. Ladies and gentlemen, slancha. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes to do the Habitation audio log. We're going to talk a little bit more to Molly McGinnis about travel. Uh, and then we're going to... Uh, have a new cocktail to finish out Let's the evening. The Lifting is drinking the style. Thanks for joining us. Let's get away from it all. We'll travel around from town to town. We'll visit every state. I repeat, I love you, sweet. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style Sundays at 5 p.m. right here on AM 950. Habitation is Minneapolis's coolest furniture design studio. Our in-house design staff specializes in creating spaces that reflect your style, your values, and your taste. From edgy modern to transitional, Habitation is here to help you craft your home. Know what's also exciting? Habitation offers AM 950 listeners complimentary interior design services, which include an appraisal of any furniture pieces you may want to trade in for store credit. That's right. Habitation will take your gently used furniture and issue you store credit on fresh, fantastic furniture. Check out Habitation today. 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park, one mile east of Highway 100, or visit us online at habitationdesign.com. I'm Steve Conklin. And I'm Jake DeRoff. We're the hosts of the Mortgage Talk Show, Sundays at 1230. Every week, we bring you insights on home financing, discussing rates, programs, local and national news. Whether you're buying your first home or your hundredth home, we have tips and inside information to save you money and feel like a mortgage master. Check us out for more information and email us any questions at mortgagetalkshow.com. Tune in to the Mortgage Talk Show every Sunday at 1230 on AM 950. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, 
Check out the lines at noirfurnituralla.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. At Burger Moe's, Mondays no longer need to be a drag. Dine on the beautiful patio for Burger Monday Madness every Monday after 4 p.m., where you can order any burger and fries off menu for just $6. Not valid on Excel event evenings. Burger Moe's offers 20 fresh, never-frozen burger varieties, as well as delicious appetizers, soups, salads, and unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul, with plenty of free parking, and online at BurgerMoe's.com. Hi, Gregory Rich, host of Drink in the Style, Sundays at 5 p.m. right here on AM 950. Have you heard about Designer Rehab? Designer Rehab is the area's coolest furniture consignment store. Gently used furnishings as well as closeouts and clearance items at really stellar prices. Whether you're shopping or interested in consigning, Designer Rehab is a must-visit in the Twin Cities. Located at 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Designer Rehab. It's only a matter of time. It's very nice to go traveling to Paris, London alone. It's oh so nice to go traveling, but it's so much nicer. Yes, it's so much nicer to come home. It's Welcome nice back to Drink in to the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design in St. Louis Park. We are speaking with Molly McGinnis about traveling in the UK, and we uh, have switched our cocktail. We were enjoying our punch. It was absolutely fantastic, but now we've gone over to a simple Jameson and ginger. Yep. Right? Yep. It's like the base cocktail of everybody in Ireland. Is it really? Yeah. Legitimately? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I wonder if it had something to do with when Kieran, uh, Kieran, what's Kieran's last name? Thank you. A mm-hmm. uh, uh, restaurateur here in Minnesota who had to divest himself from all of his restaurants because he started a distillery called Two Gingers, mm-hmm. and it is illegal and 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 bad in the eyes of the Lord to own both a distillery and a restaurant simultaneously. I don't get that. It makes no sense at all. No. And yet there are brew pubs and there are restaurants that can brew beer on site. Mm-hmm. Why can't you have a liquor distributor in a restaurant? I have no idea. Are you sure it's not just a Minnesota thing? Could be. We're the state of no fun. I know. I know. I know. It's true. We're Norwegians and, you know. Yeah, we still don't sell liquor in grocery stores. I know, but we do finally sell liquor in on Sundays. Finally, yes. The Lord's Day. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, that it just made me so absolutely angry that uh, that we couldn't, because it was all the liquor lobby that, you know, it was the independent liquor stores that, mm-hmm. that stopped it. Yeah. Which is is frustrating, uh, because you know what? I would love it if, if furniture stores had to legally be closed on Sundays and everybody got a day off, but... They aren't. They can't be. So we work on Sundays. Why does the liquor store get a national weekly holiday or Because it's the Lord's Day, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. All right. So uh, this is a, a tasty, the ginger ale. I'm not a big soda pop fan. Ginger ale still a soda pop. But you know what? In honor of the Irish and, once again, what was the Irish toast or the? Slancha. 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 S-L-A-I-N-T-E. All right, we're going to be doing that, and uh, it's delicious. We are going to now do the Habitation Audio Log. Molly, are you ready? Oh, yes. Excellent. All right. Habitation Audio Log, installment 18, holidays. Hmm. The holidays are upon us. Thanksgiving is this Thursday, and of course, we in America like to demonstrate our thankfulness by rushing out, sometimes before the turkey is even cold, to begin our holiday consumer spending bacchanalia. I'm often asked if Habitation will be offering any Black Friday specials, and my answer is traditionally the same. No. Uh, Here's why. Usually, the stores that really clean up on Black Fridays are the big box stores where consumers are hoping to find ultra-low prices on mass-market items. Habitation specializes in the unique and the exciting, so we're really not positioned to compete with half-priced bread makers. 
More importantly, though, I really oppose Black Friday on philosophical grounds. Thanksgiving is a holiday meant to bring family together to appreciate what we have. I hate the idea that stores have gone so far as to open on Thursday nights, let alone uber early on Friday mornings, just to feed this artificial consumer frenzy. The people who normally have to work on these days are the lowest-paid customer service reps and cashiers, and people who, in my opinion, most need a holiday. So, while habitation staff is very different from target staff, the principle is the same. We need to get back to appreciation of what we have without the burden of chasing deals on what we want. As such, habitation will be closed both the day before and the day after Thanksgiving so our staff can truly enjoy some time with family and have a chance to be truly thankful. Here, here. Right? Yes. I love that. Thank you. I hate Black Friday I so much. I have always despised it. I don't get it. And every, you know, there are some stores that now are closing, like national chains, like REI, I think, did a big publicity push, and that's great. Um, and I think to a certain extent... Black Friday is kind of a fading experience. I mean, you know, the deals aren't, I think, as as absurd as they were to try to, like, get people to kill each other to get in the front door. And there seems to be a little bit of a backlash. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's a, it's a trend. I mean, some people do it out of tradition. Right. Right, it's family tradition. That's what they've always done. But well, what kind of a tradition is that? Right. I mean, it's the tradition that we're going to go to Walmart and we're going to we're going to pick up that's that's not a tradition. No. A tradition might be playing Scrabble in front of the fireplace. <laughs> that's a much better tradition. Isn't that a much and better tradition? Black Friday, yeah. I, th- I think I so too. So yeah, so we're we're closing down even December. Actually, we're trying to decide we'll probably be closed for the full two weeks uh, leading up to and after uh, Christmas. <sighs> That'll be nice. Right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's nice not... for your staff, nice for you. Right. So, I, it's, you know, it's important to live what you believe. Absolutely. All right. Before we get in and ask, I give you a chance to ask me a question. I have a question for you. One more one. Okay. Rugby. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't, what, explain rugby to me. Uh, oh, gosh. Where do I even begin? I played for two years before I knew what I was doing. All I knew is if I had the ball, I ran with it. And if I didn't have the ball, I tackled the other <laughs> All you need to know about rugby. It's, yeah, yeah. It's uh, but there are indeed rules which people really don't know about. <laughs> it's a little known fact. It that is a fact. There are some game. rules in rugby. Yeah, in fact, Ireland just played um, Italy in Chicago two weeks really? ago. Yeah. So all right, so you've got rugby. I mean, you've got American football. The concept is basically the same: get the ball to the other side of the field, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Do they break it down? When do you have a scrum? When does a, a play end? When someone is dead? When someone loses a tooth? No, play keeps going. If somebody dies or breaks a leg or loses a tooth, play just continues. And then, you know, so modern day, they will now do, they will stop the clock if, if that person, but not right away. They wait till the play dies. So whether the ball is knocked forward or goes out of bounds or there's a try scored, the next time try. there's a stoppage or there's a, a f- something happens where they have to restart, okay. then they'll stop the clock and they'll attend to the hurt person. Otherwise, they just keep playing. At what point do you start a scrum? Uh, you start a scrum usually if, if you do a knock-on or a knock-forward because in rugby, it has to be either a lateral or a backwards pass. You cannot pass it forward. Really? No. Oh, I didn't know that. So if it's so a forward, so somebody, you know, uh, like a, a bad forward player like myself who has no hands, uh, I might drop the ball. Your hands are just very small. <laughs> like <laughs> carnies. <laughs> Smell like cabbage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, so that's when you would do a, a scrum down. Interesting. So, all right. So, so all right. There it is. So, rugby is just, it's just mayhem and get the ball across the... Well, no, but you have to actually touch it down. That's the thing. That's the difference between, you know how it's called a touchdown in American football? Mm-hmm. And it comes from rugby because in rugby, you have to actually touch the ball to the turf. If you cross the line but they tackle you on your back and the ball doesn't touch the grass mm-hmm. does not count really does that happen a lot is that a thing no not very because people you know people are they're they're they know to they have to touch it down so and before we go off onto this i just the one quick question because i've always wondered you know so many injuries in football mm-hmm. 
And I question whether part of the reason there's so many injuries is that they have so much protection and they've turned themselves into tanks that they can just throw at one another. You know, rugby, is the injury rate, do you think, higher or lower than an NFL I think it's football? lower, and that is absolutely right, because they have so much on them, they just go in. Yeah, right. And uh, in rugby, we are taught to tackle properly. And we don't go head first. We will go to the side as we tackle somebody. We tackle around the ankles if we can because you can't run if your ankles are all tied up. So Good point. they're different, different. Um, and, and there are, you know, little, yeah, little cuts and black eyes and that kind of thing are more prevalent in rugby than football because we don't wear helmets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the major catastrophic injuries, while they happen every once in a while and not nearly as much as, as football. Interesting. All right, there it is. Rugby versus football. The winner is rugby. Absolutely. I'm totally anti-football these days. It's not just because I was born in Buffalo and I'm a Buffalo Bills fan and sour grapes. It's just in general. It's just it's become like watching like full contact legal discussion. Every time you turn on football, it's some kind of arcane discussion of what the rules are and whether this was a pass or wasn't a pass. It's become absurd. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to agree. So, what questions can I answer for you in the remaining moments? of our broadcast. So, Greg, I've known you for a long time. You have. And uh, what what possessed you to to open a furniture store and own your own company? Mm. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it possessed me is probably the, the right thing to actually <laughs> ask me overall because it can be difficult. Being a small businessman in, 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 in the world today is really, really hard. Everything has become so specialized and you need to have so much expertise in so many different areas that, I mean, that's why corporations have people who are specializing in one area or another and marketing and sales and stuff. I don't know. It really comes down to the fact that I thought there's a better way to sell furniture and there was a better way to to create an experience. I didn't think consumers wanted to go into a Hom furniture. And it is Hom, dang it. There's no E. It's no amount of marketing will make me mispronounce the word H-O-M. Okay. I just won't do it. Um, I decided that people really would prefer to shop for furniture in an environment that is more reflective of their homes, that's scaled better. And that was the biggest argument that I could make for opening a retail furniture store. Plus, quite simply, um, I think aesthetics matter. I think that the environment you're living in is, is, is important. And that's why I launched Habitation. Okay. And, and you recently won an award? I did. I am an emerging star. The Home Furnishing Association named Habitation uh, and me uh, the emerging star in North America for the most exciting furniture store, basically, and innovation and all that other good stuff. We were recognized. I got a glass trophy, a major major award. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there it is. We have drunk and talked our way through yet another episode. On behalf of my guest, uh, a leprechaun pretending to be an actual person, Molly McGinnis, I'd like to wish everyone good luck this week. And to quote William Butler Yeats when discussing an Irish friend, quote, He had an abiding sense of tragedy, which sustained him through temporary periods of joy. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.